We are ready to record Miss Marissa. It's already recording. Fantastic. That's on there. I might have to uh, edit that. <laughs> All right. Welcome. Uh, you know, it's always difficult to get used to a new time to come to church, so I knew that it might um, be difficult for people to come at nine because it's they have to reset their whole schedule, and that's that's fine, because they're going to get to hear this. So if you are listening to this, this is a basic Bible class. What we are going to do today is take a look at the tithe, because the tithe, I found, is like healing. If we don't set our minds to it, and we don't go back to it and refresh ourselves, um, we can lose the revelation. I say lose it, but it could grow stale. Uh, I was talking to Ayla yesterday about it and identifying how sometimes we start doing things out of habit. We start doing things because we, we had a revelation two, three years ago of tithing, but now it's become just habit or it's become, well, that's what we do. And it's just like healing we have to keep it fresh in our minds. We have to keep the understanding and that knowing of why we tithe relevant in our hearts and in, in our um, spirits so that it's not getting to the point where we're doing it and we're like, Lord, what, what's going on here? I know that this is what your word says. What, what's happening? And so today I want us to start looking at the scripture and what is the tithe and why do we tithe uh, because... It is one of God's covenants with us that he says, prove me on this. It doesn't have any other place in the Bible where he says, prove me. And we've heard that before, but the tithe is the connection to his blessings. It's the beginning. It's where it starts. And so I want us to look at it with a fresh, fresh eyes. So so I'm going to start us with prayer. Lord, today, as we hear your word about the tithe, about your covenant with us, Father, I pray that we would receive a fresh revelation, a, a fresh anointing to the word that you have given to us, Father, that we would receive what heaven has for us. Father, you said that whatever is lawful in heaven should be lawful here in the tithe and our covenant blessing with you. That is a part of what you said and a part of the blessing that you have for us. And so I pray that we would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of the tithe and that we would have our eyes opened up to the understanding of what you have for us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want us to start looking at Abram way back in the beginning. And this was brought in Genesis 1420 when the introduction of the tithe was by man, not God. So in our very first example, Abram, who went to have war against uh, these peoples, he, he wasn't even connected to them, but they took his nephew Lot and his family, and he's like, uh-uh, we're not going to have this. And he actually went against four different kings uh, that he went out and took 318 of his men and went and fought them, won, and then took everything back. 
So everything that these kings had taken, he's like, no, we're taking it back, and I'm taking back my nephew Lot and his family. When he did this, to give thanks to the Lord for giving him that victory, he went to the priest, and that time was Melchizedek, and he said, I'm going to give you a tenth. And this is in Genesis 14.20, in the Amplified Version, please. And it says, and blessed, praised, and glorified be God most high, who has given your foes into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of all he had taken. So this is Melchizedek blessing Abram because he gave the tenth. And so at the very beginning, we just see man saying, God, thank you for doing this for me. I'm going to bless you with a tenth of everything that I've collected. And with that starts the tithe. And I thought that was so cool because it wasn't out of anything that God had said before or it wasn't anything that um, he might have read or it was just in his heart to bless the Lord. And I think of, you know, we can relate it so much to just nowadays, how much we have God to thank for. We have been given so much that normal, as humans, we are very appreciative. And most humans, I understand there's some that are not. But to give thanks to each other. We give, you know, presents and we honor people and that we do that as just humans. To take this further and saying, God, I am thankful for everything that you've done for me. I'm going to give you a tenth. So now we're, we're taking it to the next level, and then that becomes a spiritual inner, uh, transaction. So we can do it as humans, but in the, in the natural, we can take it to the next level and do it in the spirit. I'm going to read Hebrews 7, 1 through uh, 10 in the Passion Translation because this gives us a, a really good picture of what happened in that interaction between Melchizedek and Abram. He said, um, starting in verse 1, it says, Melchizedek's name means king of righteousness. He was the king of peace, and because the name of the city he ruled is the king was Salem, Salem meant peace, so then that the king of peace. And he was also priest of the Most High God. Now when Abraham was returning from defeating many kings in battle, Melchizedek went out to meet him and blessed him. Then Abraham took the tenth of everything he had won in battle and gave it to Melchizedek. This Melchizedek has no father, no mother, and if you guys remember, it's like he just appeared. <laughs> uh, he had no connections anywhere and no record of any of his ancestors. He was never born and he never died, but his life is like a picture of the Son of God, a king priest forever. Now let me show you, you proof of how great this Melchizedek is. Even though Abraham was the most honored and favored patriarch, patriarch of all God's chosen ones. So at that moment in time, Abram was 
you know, up there. He, he knew God. He was, you know, they, were, they, they had a thing going on. So although he was one of the top guys, it would be understandable if Melchizedek had been a Jewish priest for later on God's people were required by law to support their priests financially because the priests were their relatives and Abraham's descendants. But Melchizedek was not Abraham's Jewish relative, and yet Abraham still paid him the tithe. Melchizedek imparted a blessing on, him, on mighty Abraham who had received the promises of God. And no one could deny the fact that the one who has the power to impart a blessing is superior to the one who receives it. And although the Jewish priests received tithes, they all died. They were, they were all mortal, mortal. But Melchizedek lives on. It could even be said that Levi the ancestors of, the Jew, uh, of every Jewish priest who receives tithes actually paid tithes to Melchizedek through Abraham. This is so, it's like uh, inception <laughs> uh, going on here because Melchizedek wasn't a part of Abraham's family who then had the Levites be the priest moving forward. It could even have been said that the Levi, the ancestors of every Jewish priest who receives tithes, actually paid the tithes to Melchizedek through Abraham. For although Levi was yet unborn, the seed from Levi came was present in Abraham when he paid his tithe to Melchizedek. So here we see almost like he was paying a tithe to himself because he was going to have the tribe of Levi who would be the priest that they would pay the tithes to. So although it was a, a man who started this, it was also going into showing a shadow, a type and shadow of what was to come. Because the second example of when we see a tithe came from Jacob. In Genesis 28, 20 through 22, and we'll read this in the Amplified, it says, then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in his ways that I go and will give me food to eat and clothing to wear so that I may come again to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up as a pillar, shall be, the, shall be God's house, a sacred place to me. And all of the increase of possessions that you give me, I will give you the tenth. So now it's, he's saying, Lord, if you bless me, if you touch me, if you go with me, I'm going to set this place, his house, the God's house, and I'm going to give you a tenth of everything that I have. So in the beginning, we see Abraham saw that God blessed him, and he gave a tenth, and now Jacob says, bless me, and I will give you a tenth. So we're seeing those differences, the differences coming up. The next place we see the tithe is in Leviticus when God sets the tithe. In Leviticus 27.30, in the Amplified, it says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed 
of the land or the fruit of the trees is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. So now God says, go ahead and bring in the tithe. And in Leviticus, he goes on to tell them about the blessings that, that they will receive when they give the tithe. It's almost like it was being set up. It's like, and uh, if you think about uh, pastor's uh, law of the atmosphere, setting the, the right atmosphere for it, it was like Abraham started this. He's like, all right, let me start talking about it and what this does. And then Jacob mentioned it and said, okay, when you bless me, I'm, I'm going to give you a tenth. And now it's like God said, all right, you guys are ready for it. And so in this time, he said, bring your tithes to us and um, to the priests. And here he says the land, the seed, the fruit. So as you guys know, back in their time, that's their, that was their form of currency. And then in Deuteronomy 14.22, it says also, again, it brings up, you shall tithe all the yield of your seed that comes from the field year by year. And if you're looking at the Old Testament, you know, when you're doing a harvest, it's not like now where we get paid, you know, whether it's bi-weekly, monthly, or weekly. And believe it or not, there is now an ability for people to get paid every day, which is kind of cool. Um, so now you, nowadays, you, you have a certain days where you get paid that back in the Old Testament times, it was when you had the harvest, and depending on what you were putting in the field, it could vary, you know, whether it was seasonal or yearly or every three years you saw a, a, a yield of what you harvested. So when he's talking here about year by year or any time of, there's another location where it says every third year, it's dependent because of how they harvested and all of those different things. It wasn't that they were trying to say only once a year or only tithe once a year or every three years. It just was dependent on the type of seeds and harvest that they were growing in that time. So when we start seeing the tithe being brought up from that point on, we see the blessings that the Lord was going to put on it. So, for example, in Proverbs 3, 9, it says, Honor the Lord your wealth, and this is a familiar one, and with the first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. So a tithe does not become a tithe when you give it. It becomes a tithe when you receive the finances, the seed, the harvest of what you produced. And that's something to understand is that it, the tithe is something that is brought out of what we do, not, you know, not something that you, I set this chair to be a tithe. You know, you don't just call something it. It's what you produced. Um, because when we work, when we farm, when we do, you know, back in the times when they had their own uh, ways of producing things, it was, it was the labor. It was the, the amount of effort that you put in to receive the, the land, the fruits, the produce, the, all of that. And today we work and we go to our jobs and we, you know, dependent on how we earn a living, 
that is time that we dedicate to receive those transactions. And so when we understand that the tithe is not something that we just name, but it becomes, but it's a tithe when we receive, in this case, finances. Or it's a tithe when we um, set those amounts. Yes, Marissa said it's an exchange, not a extraction. Yes, we're not extracting things. Yes. So when we begin to talk about desiring to walk in prosperity, it is important that we start with the first step of tithing because tithing is that transaction that we have with God. And if you guys remember last time I got to teach on spiritual transactions and that everything that we do is a spiritual transaction, whether it's towards God or towards the natural it's still spiritual because even in the natural, this is something that's going to go on forever. Uh, the seeds that we're sowing right now, whether it's me, you know, cleaning my house or spending time cleaning the house of the Lord, they're transactions. So as we begin to talk about tithing, that's the first step because that is where we put most of our emphasis on a day to day. When we work, how, depending on how many hours a week you work, that is work that is going towards that transaction that you're going to have. But setting aside that tithe as God has said it in his word can propel us to where prosperity is in our house. So if we go to our tithers foundational scripture in Malachi, um, first off in 3.6, it says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. That is why you, O sons of Jacob, you guys remember Jacob? He was the guy who said, Lord, bless me, and I will bless you with the time, just right from the get-go. So he's reminding us that he changes not whether we're talking about the Old Testament, the New Testament, right now, the Lord's word of tithing has not changed. And it's not something that's going to change. And, you know, are we going to see it in heaven? Are we going to do it forever? I mean, why not? Uh, you know, and it's, it goes back to if he has blessed us so much, what is, what is a, a tenth? But I'll get into that a little bit later. So in verse 8, it says, Will a man rob or defraud God? Yet you rob and defraud me. But you say, In what way do we rob and defraud you? You have withheld your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes to the, the whole tenth of your income into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and prove me now, by it says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So in this section, he's talking about the provision that he has set for us. He says, 
you know, it starts out, will a man rob God? And, you know, we've heard Pastor talk about it plenty of times. Yes, he will, and he'll do it while talking in tongues. Uh, and that is a part of what we see that can become the hard, tricky part about tithing is that we don't see it as robbing or we're no, we don't see it as, well, we're taking something from God. But this is what his word is saying. Again, going back to Proverbs, do not, you know, my ways are not his ways and his ways are higher than mine. So if he's saying that this is robbing him and keeping back a blessing, then I'm going to go by what he says, not by what I think and what I perceive is right. But these first couple of scriptures, he, he tells us what the blessing is to be, the provision. The windows of heaven will be poured out and there will not be enough room to receive it. But he doesn't stop there. Then he talks about protection. And I will rebuke the devourer, insects, and in the Amplified it says insects and plagues for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine drop its fruit before the time in its field, says the Lord of hosts. So you, it says, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. The fruits of your ground is your labor, what you do at work, what you do in and day in and day out, which nowadays there's very high possibility that people's fruits are destroyed, whether it's they just become nothing or all of the work that you do and you don't increase and you're just stale and you don't go any further. So that can still happen. So there's protection in verse 11, and then in 12, there's promotion. And all nations shall call you happy and blessed, for you shall be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. So when somebody is calling you blessed, that's not you promoting yourself. That's not you saying, well, look at me, I'm blessed. No, it's always better when somebody says something like, oh man, they're doing an awesome job. I could see that they're doing X, Y, and Z. That's somebody else looking in to your life and seeing blessings. And so that's when we see a promotion. Now, I want to stop right here because we've heard Lord of hosts twice now in verse 11 and verse 12. And who's he Lord of hosts over? So who are the hosts? Right? But he also ha is over the angels. He is over the armies of angels. So in here, we see a picture of saying, I am Lord of hosts. And we know that the angels are ministering spirits for the saints. So a part of us understanding that there's the tie that when we give it, we receive these blessings. But there's also the part of where when we do, there's an army that backs us up. Amen. An army that goes before us to 
make it happen? How else, is he, how else are these blessings going to come to us? How else are we going to be able to take those things that he has called? Uh, in here it says, and I will pour you out a blessing. There's not room enough to receive it. So as we are looking into God's word, and we'll talk a little bit more about speaking and saying these things, but the Lord of hosts, he is seeing to it that we are blessed. When we tithe, we have all of heaven that will back us up. And all of heaven here on earth, and if you guys remember back to uh, when Jacob was out in the wilderness and he first said this, um, the, the scriptures where he said, if you bless me, I will bless you and I'm going to make this rock. This is going to be where I'm going to build your house. That's when he saw that vision of angels coming up and down. So angels are coming up and down and obviously they're doing things here on earth. But it is up to us to understand what are they doing and what are we having them do? Because here we have a Lord of hosts. He is speaking these things over us. And it is up to us to see to it that they have direction. That they have direction of what to do, where to go, and how to do it. Angels are ministering spirits for us. And the Lord of hosts will see to it that they hear our voice and take heed of what we say. So when we are tithing and, you know, we have our um, confession that we do and it says, now angels go get it for us. It's because we have the authority. And if you guys remember from last week when pastor talked about, you know, he who has the power has the authority to do it. So when we understand that the Lord of hosts has says, all right, guys, I have this whole army of, for you guys to, to, to use. Don't let them stand there, but call them out. And now we have angels being able to conduct these things for us. So it's understanding that heaven will move for us. And it's, it has to be a revelation because we, we can talk about it all day, but we can ask the Lord for the revelation. We can ask the Lord to show us and to give us that understanding of, Lord, your word says the tithe and I tithe. Your word says that you are the Lord of hosts and that the windows of heaven will be opened for me. Lord, show me. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to have my angels do? What do you want me to do with every step that I take. So then that way, when he says that the windows of heaven are opened and we want to see heaven move on our behalf, then what is it that I have to say and do? Because he has already, the, the ingredients are there. Now we get to put them together, put them in the oven and bake them. It's a part of what God has commanded us and the authority that he has given us to be able to see these things, not, not just written word, but to see them come to pass through what we say and do. So first, understanding where the tithe came from and why we tithe and that it doesn't become a habit, but then going in deeper and seeing, okay, Lord, 
Now there's the next step. How do we move forward? Understanding that the tithe is his because he said, and he said he would bless us with the tithe and, and moving into seeing how when we speak, and we know Mark 11, 23, 24, whatever we say, we will have. But also, it even started out in Deuteronomy, it says, and thou shalt go into the priest, and that shall be in those days, and say unto him. In Deuteronomy, it starts out by talking about saying that when you would walk to um, bring your tithes to the priest, you would it says, and say unto him, and there was these uh, things that they would tell the, the priest, but it had to be said. You didn't just bring it. They said unto the priest. With the tithe, speaking over it from a heartfelt faith, it's not just something mechanical that we do. It's, it can't be, we can't do it without faith. For, you know, and that's a part of the ingredient, is that we can't do it mechanically, we can't do it just because we've always done it and that's part of our habits, but we have to do it in faith. Faith knowing that his word is final authority. Faith that when we tithe, we are calling down heaven to see to it that his word gets done on this earth. You said, Lord, Bringing it back to remembrance. You said, Lord. And I mean, even further, you said to prove you. So we're proving you. <laughs> in that covenant transaction that we have with him in the tithe, it, it sets forth our ability to, for him to bless, in, bless the 90%. I mean, my goodness, what kind of investment is that? <laughs> It's a very good investment. We so tithe and we, you know, the 90% gets blessed. And, we, you know, those, of, those people that have seen the tithe in, or that tithe in their lives and are consistent see the fact that the 90% gets multiplied and protected and it gets, it grows. And then we've seen the other side when we don't have the tithe and we're not tithing and that 90%, it is just fleeting away. Just, it seems like there's not enough, what did they say, not enough month? Not enough money to go for the month. Yeah, exactly. Not enough money for the month. But the tithe, when we, when we make those connections and we see that the tithe opens up the door to the blessing, Inconsistency is the key. We have to put our foot down that the tithe is not going to be something that we are going to let us let it pass, and that you know, well, this month, this month's a little bit different, or these things are going to take precedent over the tithe. But making a definitive decision that I will, and you. I will tithe for the rest of my life, for the rest of eternity, and not budging from it. Because when, that, when you make that def, definite decision and you won't let anything shake you, 
you're going to see, you're going to see the devil try to shake you. You're going to see things happen. And every time that you're, you're making strides to whether you're doing a tithe and you're, you're giving an offering and you're pushing, it's because it's such a threat. Now, something that I, I noticed whenever I was looking at <clears throat> doing the study is, you know, we're, we're here, we're giving a tenth to God. And, you know, he does, just like he did those fishes, the loaves and the fishes, he's like, just give me that little bit and I'm going to multiply it. Yeah. Because how many ministries get to live from a tenth? How many ministries get to go out and win millions of people for God with just people? And, you know, not everybody in the church tithes. But he takes that little bit. He says, just give me that little bit and I'm going to multiply it. And as we see ourselves taking that tithe and being able to give it out of appreciation of, of, the, of what he's going to do with it. Now, that's the other level of just looking at what he gets to do with that 10%. It's like when Pastor talks about, you know, whenever we, we give to a ministry, we get to go out with them. We get to go out in representation financially. When we give our tithe, we get to go out with God. We get to go out with God in representation of, I'm with him. And that's part of that covenant that we have. When we're building upon his word and we're sticking to what he says, again, his ways are higher than ours. We can't, you know, we could just barely tap into the understanding of what he's doing. But it's all very purposeful. And as we tithe, we're, we're not in covenant only with, you know, his blessings and what we get, but we're in covenant with the greater picture that he has for this world. And so as we tithe and we're, we're speaking out, you know, at first it, it starts with, Lord, I'm tithing because your word says, and I am faithful to your word, and blessings are coming. And then we get over to that place where we're starting to see the blessings and we're starting to see what that is impacting in our lives and we get to be a blessing. And then we start getting to show others what that, why we're being blessed. Why out of, you know, and there must be a hundred different circumstances in this room of why what we do shouldn't be what is happening in the natural. Right? What we get to accomplish on a day-to-day -day basis, how it doesn't add up. And all of these things that people start looking at, and like he says in his scripture, they're calling you blessed. And we're shining that light on Jesus. And all of it is a part of understanding and having that revelation. And I'll go back to that because it's, none of this comes alive until it's a revelation in our, in our spirits. And so just like we have, just like we're in the word often and every day as we pull out our Bible and we're reading it, I, I encourage you guys to take time every day to, to look at what the tithe means, what 
an offering means to you and to what the Lord is telling you about the tithe and the offering because that's going to be a thing that you have to keep up. Don't let it go stale because it can. A revelation can get stale and a, a revelation can, you know, if we don't take care of it, just go by. How many people have had a moment in the altar and then the next week are having the same issues? And it's because of having that connection with God and asking him, Lord, show me more about what you mean here. Show me more. I want to know more. He says, knock, seek him, and you will find him. And he will. He will teach you, and he will have you understand those things that have maybe for a long time seemed really hard to understand. Or maybe... Like I said, maybe you've been a tither all of your life, but it doesn't seem like it's alive in you. These are the times where we have to start seeking more of it. If you ever find yourself doing something or not understanding it the way you used to, get back in the Word and look those things up. Find out, when, when did you start saying it? What was it about this person that made him want to do that? You know, start really searching it. And it takes time. But just like a tithe, it was time that you dedicated, time that you worked, you know, the sweat of your brow. You, you put all of this time and then you said, Lord, here, I want you to have it. And he's like, all right, let me take it. And I'm going to bless it and multiply it and see to it that you lack for nothing. Amen. So the same thing with the word or finances when you do those things and you're diligent about seeking him, he will give you that revelation. And there's so much, and I barely scratched my notes, but I feel like that's what he was telling uh, me to talk about today is that we can't let the revelation of the tithe um, dwindle or, or passes by or you know, depending on how often you, you sow your tithe, or I say sow your tithe, um, give your tithe. Let it be intentional. If you have to go back to the scriptures, if you have to go back and spend time with God and saying, Lord, I need, I need you to give me this fresh revelation one more time about why I tithe and what it means for, you to, for me to tithe to you. And make it personal so then that way it's not... You're not missing out on an on a opportunity. And of course, every time you tithe and you sow your seed, it's not like it goes away and it just evaporates if you didn't have a revelation on it. But you could always, you know, go back to it. It is so important for us to have these revelations now because the, as the time comes and he wants us to grow up in him, he wants us to get to the next place. Because whenever we are faithful with the little things, then he will enrich us with the bigger things. And the tithe was the very first thing it started. You know, we read it back in, the, in Genesis. So in, in order for us to walk in the bigger things, to walk in, in these miracles and healings and having, a, you know, to walk in abundance of where we can't even understand it, we have to go back to the very first thing, the tithe. Before you can have 
offerings and abundance and giving away cars and giving away, you know, paying off churches and being able to do all of these other things, we have to start with the very fundamental of the tithe. And until we understand those principles and understand why we do it, what happens to it, then we're still, we're still going to be in step one. And I really feel like maybe the Lord is uh, pushing us to know more of it. So I, I don't know if I'll be talking about the tithe next month, uh, but I kind of feel like I might be. Um, just because I think he's really encouraging us to understand the tithe and really pursue the basis of it. And so next month I'll be teaching again the third Sunday of the month. And I'll keep you guys posted if it's going to be the tithe or something else. But I, I have a feeling it might be the tithe, so I'm excited. Any questions? It is a class setting, so I'll open it up for questions. And if not, you can catch me after. All right, praise God. So let me uh, pray you guys out or for a moment until we start worship. Lord, we thank you so much, Father, for the word that you brought us today. And, and just scratch the surface of what, what you wanted to get deeper into, Father. And so I pray that as we go out, that fresh revelation would be poured out to every hearer of this word, Father, that your, your tithe would become so alive to us, Father, that we would, we would be hungry to know more of it, that we would want to seek you out in it, Father, that we would want to uncover every um, crevice of what your word says about the tithe or even what you have set out for each individual, Father. And so I thank you, Father, that you have given us the ability to come together in covenant with you on this tithe, Father, that it is not just something that, that we have to do, but we get to do, Father. We get to be in covenant with you, Father. And so I pray that as we get to know more about your, your word, that we have a fresh revelation every single time, Father. Let it keep growing. Let it keep um, becoming more and more as we step out closer and closer to you, Father. And we just thank you for it. We give you all the honor and all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.